0: Welcome back. We are glad you have chosen to join us as Pastor Tim continues his message from 2 Timothy 3, verses 5-9, through entitled, Going Through the Motions. Cults prey upon Christians who are not well-grounded in the faith. This can be seen throughout the church's history, but as the last days approach, the Bible warns us that this exodus from Orthodox, Evangelical Christianity towards cultic, anti-scriptural practices, will continue and will grow there is however a simple solution and Paul shares that with anyone tempted to just go through the motions here's pastor Tim
1: let's keep going i hinted at this one just a moment ago but number 3 going through the motions can be elusive it can be elusive they're they're grasping for forgiveness for truth for relationship with god for restoration but they just never quite get there. They're sold on this idea that if they just follow the formula, if they just do ABC one two three, if they just avoid these other areas, then they will somehow earn forgiveness from God and restoration from Him and His power. They think maybe if they get down into the minutiae of the Word of God that they're going to find something that's not really there. They claim to hold to the Word of God, but they've missed the God of the Word. Don't find yourself guilty of that very same thing. I going mean, to read my Bible. Okay. Let the Bible read you. It's elusive. In this verse, it it seems as if Paul is picking on these gullible women loaded down with their sins. But remember the culture that Paul is writing to. Women aren't citizens. Women aren't really a part of the, certainly not the synagogue. The church was doing a little bit better, but... You know, in their culture, it's almost as if they're property. They're not going to be well-educated, and they're not going to have great opportunities. And so when this spiritually camouflaged charlatan comes in, he begins to promise them things like, listen, if you'll just follow me, you know, let me be your guru, then I'll show you the path to a deeper life. suddenly they feel like they know something that their husbands don't know. They, They know something that the neighbors don't know. Suddenly they themselves are elevated while everybody else gets pushed down. By the way, Christianity doesn't do that, does it? You don't elevate yourself by pushing down on others. You're only elevated when you elevate others. So they're... They're trying so desperately, but they just never get there. Look at verse number 7. He says, they are always learning, but they are never. I'm going to tell you something. That's a strong word, isn't it? Always and never are very strong words. He said, but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Why? Why? Because they're trying religion without Christ. They search for forgiveness without atonement. They want happiness without holiness. And so they're always learning a trick, they're always learning a shortcut. They're never able to come to the point of the truth. Can I remind you of this? There are no shortcuts to maturity in the Christian life. There just aren't. I want there to be. I I want there to be one of those, you know, (laughs) answer yes to this question and skip down to number six. You know, it just doesn't work that way. So going through the motions can be enticing, it can be exploitation, it can be elusive. Then number four, going through the motion has examples. You know, as Paul's going through this with Timothy, Timothy, you're the pastor of that church. There are certain people like this that you need to be on watch for. And let me tell you what kinds of people that you're looking for. Look at verse number eight. He says, now as Janes and Jambres resisted Moses, so do these also resist the truth. So these spiritual counterfeits are people who have come in like Jannies and Jamborees. Now, maybe you're, you're sitting there and you're thinking, well, I don't know who Jannies and Jamborees even are. Never even heard of them. I heard of a Jamboree, but I never heard of a Jamborees. You know, these are a couple of Old Testament villains that you're not going to find named in your Old Testament. So if you go to look it up, you're not going to find it in there other than this particular place. But tradition, Jewish tradition said that the names of the head magicians for Pharaoh, we get to the story, was named Janes and Jambres. So you recall, Moses goes before Pharaoh and says, let my people go. And Pharaoh says essentially, who, who is, who's asking? You know, well, the Lord's asking. Well, how do I know then? that that's from the Lord. And so you recall by the direction of God, Moses takes his staff and throws it down on the ground and it becomes a serpent. Remember this? So then Pharaoh calls in, presumably their names are Jannies and Jamborees. Calls them in and what do they do? They take their staffs and they throw them down and they also become serpents. They're trying to mimic the work of God. If you recall how that story goes, then you know that, Moses' rod or Moses' staff swallowed all of those other serpents. And by the way, I think, I think if I'm right, that's the last time that it was called um, Moses' staff. It was called the rod of God from that point forward. So you got jannies and Jambries here, but let's, let's stick with verse number 8 for a moment. We're, we'll get down to that story again because I think we do need to come back to it. But rather than celebrate all the things that they're doing, just like, I mean, we don't want to be, we don't want to be swept up into this any more than Paul wants these gullible women to be swept up into this. So instead, look at their character. Look at what Paul has to say about them. Two things. Number one, he says they have corrupt. Minds. He says, now as Jannes and Jambres resisted Moses, so do these also resist the truth. And then he describes them this way. They are men of corrupt minds. The word that Paul uses for corrupt is a word that means utterly spoiled, rotten, down to the core. They've, they've bought into their own narrative. See, these are not, these are not villains. Who come in like a you know like a snake oil salesman trying to sell you something that they know doesn't work. They believe it. They've, They've bought into what they're trying to sell. And so, I mean, what a what a great salesman. On the inside, they themselves are spoiled. They themselves have become dead men's bones. And look at the second thing he says at the end of this verse. He says that they are disapproved concerning the faith. The word usually is translated as reprobate. They are reprobate. So it's a word for corruption, but it's a word that literally means that it cannot stand up to the test. So in other words, God has given them a test of orthodoxy, a test of truth. And it just, and it fails. It fails. Let me give you a modern example. If Paul is giving the example of Jannies and Jambres, let me give you a couple. Mormons today, most of them would say and call themselves Christians. But genuine Christians usually call them a cult. Why do, why do we call them a cult? Well, for one thing, they fit into the definition threefold definition of what makes up a cult. They have a, a book that is either equal to or superior than the Bible. They have a view of Jesus that is not the view of Jesus that we talked about this morning, He is not God. And then they always have some kind of leader that got them started that remains a celebrity. So, in that, in that definition, obviously the Mormons fit into that. But we look at that and we say, well, why? I mean, I understand we call them a cult because they fit the definition, but why would we call them? I mean, they do so many good things. You know, they do so many good things in the world and they, they promote um, how to have happiness within their home. You know, they're, they're family-oriented, all of those kind of things. I mean, man, it's so good that they want to do. But they offer those things outside of a relationship with Jesus. They say that somehow you can get a path to God and a path to happiness... But you don't have to go down the path that God has laid out. You create your own path. I mean, after all, in their, in, in their doctrine, I mean, you, could, you could be a god yourself one day. Have your own little world, right? So you get to choose the path. It's not what the Bible says to us. You're familiar with Scientology. Most of us only think of that in terms of Tom Cruise or... Uh, or some other celebrities, Hollywood celebrities. It was based on a book by a guy named L. Ron Hubbard, who's written several books um, a- after, after that initial one. One is called The Way to Happiness, and the, and the, um, the subtitle is A Common Sense Guide to Better Living. Scientology likes to keep a lot of things secret. What they have not kept secret is the fact that they do not have any God. They have no God. They don't believe in the existence of a God. And they certainly would not ascribe deity to Jesus. So they do not worship the way that we worship. It's all about what you can get. In other words, how you can use God... To get whatever you want I read this week about a couple of pastors who say we're not giving in to our faith I mean we still believe in God we still believe in Jesus but we like some of the stuff that we read about in Scientology so that's what we're going to teach at our church I'll tell you something he's talking about the very people that are in 2 Timothy chapter 3 they're disapproved concerning the faith because Jesus has to be central. All right, let me get you to the last one. Number whatever, 5 or 6. Going through the motions will be not can be, not might be, not <laughs> going through the motions will be empty. Will be empty just like the Mormons and some of the other cults, Jannies and Jambrees, seem to show some real results. You know, I mean, their staffs turned into serpents. Uh, They turned water into blood. They called frogs up with their, the Bible says, with their enchantments. By the time you get to the third plague, they they can't keep up. You know, it's kind of the old saying about, any, you know, even a, a blind hog will find a pod every now and then. They may stumble upon some truth, but they're not based in truth. They're trying to mirror or mimic what God does. But again, like verse number five, but without his power. Now, we may look at that and say, man, that is so crazy. Why would anybody do that? Yet we have churches that are filled with people who try to do that. I just want to pretend. I just want to go through the motions. So look at verse number 9. I want you to see, it is empty. He says, but they will progress no further. I mean, God's got his own reasons for allowing them to have any measure of success, and I don't don't presume upon God at that point. But he said he will not allow them to progress any further. There comes a point to where he says it will stop. God gives them a little bit of rope, and then that's all that they get. By the way, while we're on this thought, let's skip down to verse number 13 for just a moment. We'll look at it more in detail next week. But he says, Evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. What's he saying? He's saying this is going to keep going. There's always going to be a cult. There's always going to be a false doctrine or a false teacher. There's always going to be somebody that Satan uses to lure you into a trap. But ultimately, look at what he says. Their folly will be manifest to all. You know, in the book of Proverbs, the word folly is often paired with the word foolishness. Right? Their folly, their foolishness will be manifest. It will be seen. It will be known by all. He says, as theirs was also. So in the same way that jannies and Jambries was found out, these others are going to be found out too. So what do we do? What do we do in combating that? The primary weapon that you have to combat it is truth. Just stick with the truth of the Word of God. Somebody might laugh at you for that. Somebody might disagree with you for that. But we as believers have to faithfully preach it, teach it, live it, share it, all of those things. We are committed to the truth of God's word. So what about these knuckleheads? (laughs) Sorry. What about these knuckleheads? I'm not really sorry. What about them? Let me take you right back to verse 5. Paul says, avoid them. Turn away from them. Listen, don't read their books. I mean, they may promise on the cover of their book, this is how you can have the best life ever. It's not written on the cover of this book, but this is how you have the best life ever. You know? Don't buy their books. Don't go to their seminars. Don't go to their churches. Don't watch their TV programs. Do not send them money. If any so called teacher cannot preach the cross and the resurrection of Jesus as the only remedy for sinners, and instead teach you how you can use God to achieve your own worldly and personal success, then you avoid them. And if that ever becomes me, avoid me. All right, let's pray. Jesus, we're grateful that you have given us the truth. We know that there are forces and elements that seek our destruction, that seek uh, our, our disqualification. Father, we just will stay close to you. Like those little lambs, stay close to the shepherd. We want to stay close to you. Stay close to your word. We understand that the world is going to do its thing, it always has, it always will, and they're always going to do it. Father, keep us close to you, that we might be true, that you might found, be found to be true. And every man a liar. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I don't know what God's saying to you out of that verse, <clears throat> but I think part of it is be careful. You know? I, I think part of that is, God, am I Am I gullible? Am I so desperate for what you offer that I would look to other sources for those blessings? I think that's part of what you deal with the Lord about. If I can help you with that, I want to, the altar may be the place for you. Let's, let's just do what he tells us to do, okay? Stand with me.
0: This year, at Britt David, we would like to challenge you to share the love of Christ with those you come into contact with each day. Remember... He who wins souls is wise. Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is church at BritDavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Brit David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Brit David podcast.